the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Abram is here to help. That's right. Abram can heal you. That would be Abram X. Kendi, the man who has been infecting millions with his rantings about critical race theory lately. And he beat some really tough competition this week for a very prestigious award. And now, it's time for The Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. Yeah, Ibram is uh, doing his best to infect schools with his idiotic, counterproductive, and by the way, very lucrative for him, critical race theory BS. And he's here to cure you of the racism that you can't deny that you have. Physicians, um, particularly ER, peds, ER docs, are taught to be extremely direct and open with the parent, to not beat around the bush, to tell the parent exactly what's going on with their child, knowing that obviously it's going to hurt. But when that parent, or even like when I was sort of diagnosed with, with cancer, I didn't think someone was telling me I had cancer because they were trying to hurt me. I thought that they were diagnosing me because they wanted to help me. And so I think it's critically important for people to recognize, especially when people who are skilled and who study and are experts, and it's their expertise to understand and diagnose racism, that when they're diagnosed with, with being anti with being racist, that the effort is to help them. And they should respond in the same way that they respond when they are diagnosed with a serious illness, which is, you know what? You're trying to help me. It hurts like hell for you to tell me that, but I know you're trying to help me, and I know the next thing we need to talk about is treatment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, racism is just like cancer or any other disease. It can be cured if only you'd listen to Ibram and send him a check, by the way, if you don't mind. That would be nice. But uh, today he has something that money can't buy. That's right. Ibram X. Kendi whose real name, by the way, is Ibram Henry Rogers, is the Windows R Us Jerk of the Week. The Jerk of the Week is brought to you by Windows R Us, Pittsburgh's premier exterior replacement company. Expert repair and replacement for windows, roofs, siding, doors, gutters, and downspouts. Why pay double? Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. In our second half hour, we're going to be talking to Eric Smith, who's a black conservative professor who's trying to deal with people like Ibram. But when we come back, a disturbing story uh, about what's been um, going on with Pitt and Planned Parenthood, a story that Pitt, by the way, says is a bunch of lies. We'll have the man responsible for reporting that story. Stick around. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. Offer valid through 831-21. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrustpittsburgh.com. That's windowsrustpittsburgh.com. We call him Willy Wonka. He's a chocolate lab. His belly itched, and he would actually lay in the grass and 
scoot across it to scratch. And Sheba, his sister, she scratched at her ears real bad, and she shook her head so much, she wound up with cauliflower ears. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is nutrition. When we uh, first got the Dynavite, they cleaned the bowls up real good. Her ears, they're a whole lot better. Wonka, his belly, it's all really cleaned up. He uh, flops over and lays on his back and just kicks his legs, and I call it his happy dance. They look good and even smell good in between baths. You should give your dogs Dynavite before something happens. And that's kind of like preventative maintenance. Dynavite for life. It makes them healthier and happier. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. And your dogs will love it just like mine do. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. Have you heard? Rodents are taking over. According to various news articles, recent COVID-19-related disruptions have caused abnormal behaviour in rodents, making them become more aggressive. Don't let your home or business be invaded with a disease-carrying rodent infestation. Keep them away with Plug-In Pest Free. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free. Using the active wiring in your home or business, Plug-In Pest Free goes to work keeping rodents and pests away the more humane way without using toxic poisons or other harsh pesticides. Just plug it in. It's that simple. Now that's fair dinkum. Stop the infestation and order yours today at gopestfree.com and receive a free hand sanitizer pen with every order using promo code PEN. That's gopestfree.com, promo code P-E-N. Go pestfree.com promo code pen. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget. This is the John Stacker Walt Show on AM twelve fifty and FM ninety two point five. The answer. How's this for a headline? University admits harvesting kidneys from unborn babies while their hearts are still beating. And you know which university that is? Pitt. Yep. University of Pittsburgh, the Center for Medical Progress is responsible for that story, and the founder of that organization, David Delayden, joins us now. David, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me on. So uh, let's get right to that headline, David. Who at Pitt is admitting that they are taking kidneys from unborn babies whose hearts are still beating? Sure. So this is a statement that was released to news media in the past two days by the vice chancellor for communications of the University of Pittsburgh. This is in response um, Pitt trying to explain themselves after my organization, the Center for Medical Progress, and the organization Judicial Watch, uh, which some of your listeners may be familiar with, with Tom Sitton. We were able to obtain uh, from a Freedom of Information Act request of the National Institutes of Health, we were able to obtain the original grant applications that the University of Pittsburgh submitted to the NIH to, for taxpayer funding to run what they were describing as a distribution hub for late-term aborted baby body parts, specifically for kidneys and bladders and other organs from the, from the uh, genital urinary system. And in that grant application, Pitt advertised to the NIH as part of why Pitt would be such a great location to run this mass distribution hub for baby body parts. They said the reason you should choose Pitt is because we will use labor induction abortions as one of our procedures for obtaining fetal tissue. So labor induction abortion, not the normal dismemberment procedure. This is just straight up inducing labor on the pregnant women so that, she, so that they push the babies out. 
And then they also said that at Pitt, they would take affirmative steps to minimize the ischemia time of all of the body parts that they were harvesting. And they said that they would record the start of the warm ischemic time and they would take steps to minimize the warm ischemic time based on what the research customers needed. Now, ischemia time is a standard medical definition. This is an, these are definitions provided by the National Institutes of Health. Ischemia time or ischemia is the loss of blood supply to an organ. And when the University of Pittsburgh was asked by multiple news outlets, you know, what the heck is going on here? They replied and said, oh, yeah, ischemia, in our application, ischemia means the time after the tissue collection procedure is completed. So ischemia, again, ischemia is a scientific term. It has a scientific meaning in these NIH grant applications and everywhere else. Ischemia means the loss of blood supply or the loss of blood flow when an, or- when an organ is disconnected from circulation. And Pitt has been saying to me meeting now for the past two days that ischemia doesn't start in these cases until after they've actually harvested the kidneys. So if the kidneys aren't losing their blood flow until after they're done cutting them out, that means that they were connected to circulation, there was blood flow before they were doing the harvesting procedure. So that means that the hearts of these infants were beating while they were delivered. They were delivered alive in either the the, um, labor induction procedures described in the application or in an intact BME, which would be a partial birth abortion under federal law. So these are either partial birth abortions or straight-up infanticide happening at Pittsburgh where they're delivering the babies alive and and the cause of death is when they cut the kidneys out of them. This is absolutely sick and depraved. This is sadly not new. There have been whistleblower reports to the Pennsylvania legislature since the 1970s of whistleblowers from Pittsburgh coming out and saying they were packing live fetuses on ice and shipping them off to laboratories. Live fetal experimentation has been a thing at Pittsburgh for many, many decades. It's completely sick and depraved. It needs to be exposed. They need to be accountable for it. And people are starting to call for that today. So it's very important that your listeners be aware of it and let their representatives know they want full accountability for the University of Pittsburgh. People should be fired. There should be defundings and there should be criminal charges for this current Gosnell level activity that is happening, sadly, on on the western side of Pennsylvania as well. Well, let me tell you something, David. Um, I don't watch local news anymore. I used to work in it for a long time. Uh, because I think it stinks, and I don't think they do stories that they should be doing, and they, they, they do, you know, they spend most of their time talking about fires and vacant buildings and crime reports and things like that. This story, as far as I know, has gotten zero uh, attention from the local TV news uh, outlets. Zero. Now, I, 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 I can't be 100% sure about that, but I'm pretty sure it's gotten zero attention. Put it this way, it should be the biggest story in town right now, and it ain't that, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the same problem as the Kermit Gosnell case in Philadelphia from 10 years ago. Good people knew what Kermit Gosnell was doing in his clinic, how he was naming women, how he was abusing his patients, how he was delivering late-term babies alive and then killing them after they were born by stabbing their necks with surgical scissors. It's the same kind of thing that's happening that's, that's documented as being part of, the, part of these research programs at the University of Pittsburgh. People know about this. People who know about it need to speak up. The people who are responsible for enforcing the law, both state and federal, need to release the information they have and act on it to have justice under the law and accountability for the abuse of patients and for the uh, for the partial birth abortions and straight up infanticide of some of the of at least some of the um, some of the fetuses subject to experimentation. By the way, also similar to the Kermit Gosnell case in Philadelphia, the grant applications for this program at the University of Pittsburgh explicitly says that they have racial quotas for the number of black women and minority women and minority babies who have to be harvested from for this program. You know, Allegheny County, from what I can tell from the demographics, is about 80% white and only 13% black. Pitt says in their grant application that they want only 50% white women and white babies, and they want 50% to come from racial minorities. So they are grossly disproportionately targeting racial minorities for these experimentation programs. 
same what? way that Kermit Gosnell showed a special disregard for his minority patients in Philadelphia. What would be the purpose of that, do you suppose, for Pitt uh, to, to do that, uh, to target, to, to have, to, to uh, would it be part of the study of the differences between um, uh, black babies and white babies, or, or, or what, I mean, what would be the, what would be their motivation for that? Yeah, so the University of Pittsburgh uh, is trying to defend themselves by saying, well, the, the diseases that we're trying to study are more prevalent among the African-American and, and Latino communities. And so that's why we that's why we need more abortions from them to study it. Um, in my opinion, that's a completely racist justification. And it only proves the you know, it, it, it proves it, it illustrates the problem that in fetal experimentation, the burden of having abortions and providing late-term babies for their body parts for experiments is being disproportionately put on minority communities. That is, you know, how, you know, hello, Pittsburgh, I've heard, is a pretty woke city. That's, that's systemic racism right there, because we're not just talking about, like, you know, taking a test kind of study or, or a blood draw even or something like that. We're talking about abortions. You know, we're talking about a life-or-death decision that's going to change people's lives forever, and Pitt is saying, oh, because your race is sicker, we need more of your babies to be aborted so that we can do our experiments. I think that's absolutely disgusting, and they should be ashamed of themselves. Uh, we're talking to David Delayden. He's the founder of the Center for Medical Progress, and it's a story, the headline for which is University, meaning Pitt, admits harvesting kidneys from unborn babies while their hearts are still beating. David, I called Pitt to see if I could get somebody on to talk about it. I knew they weren't going to provide anybody. I knew that I'd get a statement, and I'll read you the statement that I got, okay? Uh, mm -hmm. These irresponsible accusations are completely false. As we have repeatedly noted, the University of Pittsburgh... You can stop me whenever you want, by the way. As we have repeatedly noted, the University of Pittsburgh does not perform medical procedures and is not part of the tissue collection process. All of the university's research is closely supervised to ensure compliance with strict and rigorous federal and state laws and regulations. This grant supported research to find new therapies for diseases of the kidneys, bladder, and urinary systems, which are a leading cause of organ failure. By providing a central hub for researchers across the country, this program allowed scientists across the country to access tissue necessary to tackle this growing public health concern. Yeah, so this is the typical spin from the University of Pittsburgh. Whenever they are called on these questions, they want to say, oh, we don't, we're not responsible for the medical procedures. We're not responsible for the research. So they can't answer questions about when do these babies die? How do they die? How are they getting the body parts? And yet at the same time, they want to cloak themselves and wrap themselves in the, in the alleged glory and honor of the scientific research that they think that they're doing. So which is it? You know, can they comment on the research or can they not? Can they comment on, you know, apparently you know, it's supposed to be a great medical school. You know, can they comment on what their doctors are doing behind closed doors there or can they not? By the way, two days ago, the previous statement that they released is the one where they said ischemia, loss of blood supply to the organs, doesn't happen until after they're cut out of the fetuses. That's what they said two days ago. Um, describing the way that the harvesting procedures took place. And then today they're coming out with a statement saying, oh, we're not responsible for the research. We're not responsible for the medical practice, so we don't know. So which is it? Do they know or do they not? Well, Were they telling the truth yesterday or are they telling the truth today? The, I think they need to be put under oath and ask these questions seriously. I think Pitt uh, is happy to um, claim that uh, they're responsible for Jonas Salk. Uh, and for uh, other other uh, great medical advances that have been made by the University of Pittsburgh, they seem to be they, those. Uh, they seem to be happy to claim. Yep, yep. They should. They should be. If, if it's true, they should be just as proud to to stand up and defend what their what their scientists are doing with taxpayer funding right now in the GoodMap program. Now, uh, according to your story, Pitt has become the quote unquote tissue hub, and I think that they I think they use the word hub. In this uh, in this statement, they say that uh, um, that Pitt, this program allows scientists across the state. But, but anyway, you referred to it, uh, or it's re it's referred to in the story as the tissue hub for aborted baby parts. Um, I mean, what does that mean? I mean, I know what a hub is, but how 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 much of a hub is it? 
Yeah, it, it means exactly what it sounds like, a, a shipping hub, a distribution hub, like a FedEx hub, except uh, not for, you know, not for, for boxes of, of uh, you know, birthday presents or, or, or uh, household appliances or anything like that, but for boxes of aborted baby body parts. Um, the, uh, the University of Pittsburgh's, um, good map program was, uh, you know, was, uh, the idea they came up with it about six years ago. Now it was specifically, it says in the grant application to be a mass distribution hub for aborted fetal kidneys and bladders and other organs all across the country. They advertised in the grant application that not only had they been doing this for, um, for, for decades prior that they've had a big fetal tissue harvesting operation at the University of Pittsburgh. Um, but they said that they actually felt like they were not taking full advantage of the abortion supply that they have at the University of Pittsburgh and in the city of Pittsburgh. And so they said that they felt that their collections of baby body parts could be, quote, significantly ramped up. Talked about wanting to ramp up the harvesting of baby parts for this hub that they want to operate. Um, the University of Pittsburgh itself, you know, I think a lot of people, um, a lot of local people in Western Pennsylvania don't realize this. Sadly, it has been a huge training hub for abortion, for late-term abortion in particular, like five, six, seven months um, for many decades at this point. Um, Planned Parenthood, the local Planned Parenthood in, in Pittsburgh is uh, very uh, commingled and very intricately tied with the University of Pittsburgh Medical School. Um, the Planned Parenthood abortion providers are on staff at the OBGYN department at the University of Pittsburgh, and they run one of Planned Parenthood's biggest abortion training programs there, which has been exporting some of the scariest Planned Parenthood late-term abortion doctors across the country in Southern California, where I'm from, in Houston, and other places. Um, so it's very sad. Not only is Pitt exporting baby body parts across the country, but they're also exporting some of the some of the worst abortion doctors. Yeah, and I, I just ask uh, uh, people who are listening. It, be, it might be a good idea. Give the uh, any pick a, pick one of the three local TV uh, news operations. Give them a call and uh, just call the assignment desk and just ask them if they're aware of the story and why they're not doing it, David. Uh, one reason why they may not be doing this story, and this to, to me is also could be a very big story, is that UPMC, which stands for the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center, is a gigantic entity here in Pittsburgh with tremendous influence over everything. Uh, and they spend millions of dollars um, advertising on local TV news. I hope that that's not the reason why we're not seeing much about it. That you know that that sounds that sounds uh, you know that that would certainly make sense to me sadly, um, but you know the thing is if the if the if UPMC wants to be such a you know such a big and 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 prestigious uh, you know part of the community, they don't need the baby body parts and they don't need the abortion industry to you know to be this weird little sideshow that they have going on in their in their business. They should cut them loose and they should embrace the values of the community. Um, you know, it's, it's the, it's the, you know, the good people of Western Pennsylvania who have made the University of Pittsburgh and made UPMC, uh, a, a big phenomenon for decades in that, in that part of the country. Um, so I think that, you know, they should listen to their customers. Um, and if not, the customers should vote with their feet. I only have about, a, I only have a minute left and, uh, you made a reference to Kermit Gosnell, uh, earlier. He is now doing life for murder. And you say yep. that this is Gosnell-like that they're doing there. Uh, just to finish up with your last forty seconds here, that's pretty strong stuff that you're that you're claiming. Absolutely, what's going on at the University of Pittsburgh and what's been going on for decades with the documented reports of live fetal experimentation um, and experiments being carried out on born alive infants. It's absolutely disgusting. It's depraved. It's criminal under the Pennsylvania Abortion Control Act, and it should be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. And it's tantamount, at least, to murder, you're saying? It's, it's infanticide. It's infanticide and partial birth abortion, and both are illegal. Wow. Hey, I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks for the work you do, uh, David. And uh, it's David Delayden, and he's the founder of the Center for Medical Progress. Thanks. Thank you so much. Okay, we'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. 
President Biden says the latest wave of COVID-19 cases will get worse before it gets better. The president said the Delta variant of the coronavirus is taking a needless toll on the country. He told Americans that cases are going to go up before they come back down. And he told those who are unvaccinated to get their COVID-19 shots. What else correspondent Greg Cluxton reporting? The Albany County Sheriff's Office says a woman who accused Governor Andrew Cuomo of groping her at the New York's governor's state residence has filed a criminal complaint against him. It's the first known instance where a woman has made an official report with a law enforcement agency over alleged misconduct by Cuomo. Cuomo has denied touching anyone inappropriately. On Wall Street, the Dow is ahead 116 points, but the Nasdaq is down 68. This is SRN News. When we brought him home, we didn't realize that Bear the Rescue Dog was actually sick. He had very flaky skin. He was dropping a lot of fur. And LeVette wanted to do steroid injections, special dog food. Nothing seemed to work. So I was at a dead end. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. I've been hearing Dynavite on the radio for years. It never actually crossed my mind to try it until it finally sunk in. Oh, you're talking about hair and skin. And all right. I'll try it. Well, it took probably six weeks, but after we started using Dynavite, no more flaky skin. He doesn't scratch and itch, and he started to put weight on. Dynavite is nutrition. I wish that we would have started the Dynavite right away. It would have been so much easier. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. Every rescue dog in America deserves Dynavite for 90 days. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. You depend on our incomparable lineup of talk hosts each day. Now you have the chance to meet one of them face-to-face, announcing the Terrific Talkers VIP Experience. We'll fly you and a guest on a three-night stay to meet your favorite radio host. Larry Elder, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, Hugh Hewitt, Charlie Kirk, Dennis Prager. Meet your favorite host from The Answer. Enter the Terrific Talkers VIP Experience at TheAnswerPGH.com slash talker. Staples Connect has everything for school at amazing prices. Now, Staples two-pocket paper folders are just 15 cents. And comp books, 24-pack Crayola crayons, and 8-packs of Pepper Rally number two pencils are 50 cents each. So you won't just be ready for school, you'll be prepared parent of the year ready. I just want to thank my family and Staples for making this possible. Visit your local Staples or staples.com slash back to school and get more than ready for school. Ends 8-7. Limit 30 except no limit on pencils. Pocket folder offer in store only. Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of BestHotGrill.com. Not only do we have great grills, but also the best hot patio heaters. We are the nationwide distributor for Bromic Radiant Patio Heaters, the very best patio heater that you can get. The Bromic heaters use the same radiant burner technology as our Solaire infrared grills, so they heat up fast and keep you warm so you can enjoy your backyard grill and outdoor living spaces into the night and all year round. Bromic heaters have stylish contemporary designs that fit perfectly in backyard and restaurant patios. We have gas and electric models to suit most installation needs and a portable gas heater that directs the heat where you want it, not the bushes and walls like the mushroom heaters. For top quality performance and aesthetics, you want Bromic Radiant Patio Heaters and Solaire Infrared Grills. Learn about these amazing grills and heaters at BestHotGrill.com. That's BestHotGrill.com. BestHotGrill.com. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on The Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got The Answer. It's a big jam up on the Parkway West, outbound, crawling along Fort Pitt Tunnel to past Green Tree. That's a crash off to the shoulder. Your delay about 25 minutes. Inbound heavy Green Tree to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. On the Parkway East, seeing pretty typical congestion inbound from Forest Hills to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel and Grant Street to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Outbound, looking slow from Bates Street up to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer, weather. We'll see some clouds for tonight with a low of 66. Tomorrow, we'll start off the weekend warm and humid with intervals of clouds and sunshine. Expect a thunderstorm around in the afternoon. Tomorrow, we'll reach a high of 86. We'll wrap up the weekend Sunday with sunshine and a few clouds. It will remain humid. Sunday, expect a high of 86. 
With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, has this ever happened to you? You proudly embrace your individuality and freedom of speech, but you work in an environment uh, in which people who neither know you nor agree with your viewpoints are responsible for representing you solely because they look like you. Well, I can't say that's happened to me, I don't think, but uh, that's the first sentence in a column written for the City Journal by Eric Smith, and he joins us now. Eric, thanks for being here. Hey, how you doing? Good, good. How are you today? I'm all right. I got to tell you, it's interesting hearing somebody else recite those words. Yeah. You know, because it's a different experience when it's not like a voice in my head. So thank you for that perspective. Yeah, I figured that was the best way to lead into you because uh, I thought it was a great opening to your column. Uh, And you point out that you're black and a professor of rhetoric. So how often do you have to deal with this that you described in that sentence I just read? Um, well, it's a you know pretty consistent thing for me, and it has been for quite some time, I, long before I was a professor. I remember as a kid thinking, you know, why do the white kids get to be individuals? You know, uh, all the black people apparently act the same. They always act like the worst common denominator, right? You know, so all the white kids, well, you have heroes that represent your group. My group's represented by the guy who robbed a convenience store last night. And... Once I, uh, you know, started seeing that as a pattern, um, I, I became very interested in it. Yeah, and uh, you're 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 a professor of rhetoric. Um, what about your students? I mean, how do they um, feel about this? Well, um, my current students at your college of Pennsylvania, uh, you know, I don't really know what they think. I haven't brought it up to them or anything yeah. like that. Um, it's not really a student thing. It's a it's a professor thing. It's oh, okay. Other academics. Okay. You know. Uh, yeah, I have I I have no problem with the students. It, it is other professors. Um, I, I should say also that York College, Pennsylvania, is not a place where I get this frequently. I uh, I have a lot of pretty cool colleagues there. It's just the field at large. I've been in other institutions. Uh, I go to conferences, and it is clear that there is one way to be black. And I'm not it. Yeah, you're not it. That, that's the whole point of your column is that that really gets on your nerves. And I, I again, being a white guy, uh, I can't in any way identify with that. Uh, and that's as, I, as you said, I read that sentence, and if, for you to hear it coming from me, you know that uh, <laughs> I probably don't have to deal with it. Um, but but this, as you write, this makes you a misguided soul in the eyes of the people who think that that uh, all black uh, people are supposed to think and talk and act alike? Yes, and that they put it nicely. I've been called a lot of different things. Um, I've been called white supremacist by white people. That's trippy. <laughs> yeah. um, I've also uh, been called, well, a, a, a duped person, right? Um, a, a new term going around is multiracially white. So I may not be black, but I'm white anyway. You know, because whiteness is now yeah. a multiracial endeavor. Yeah, it's 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 absurd. I mean, it's fun as a rhetorician. It's fun looking at all the terms, yeah, and the ways they invent to uh, talk about things. So that's interesting, at least. Uh, but I'd rather not have that than what's going on here. Yeah, and what is black linguistic justice? Oh, well, how much time do you have? Uh, well, we got enough. I, I know what it is. <laughs> I want you to talk about it. Um, that is the idea that to teach standardized English to black students is, is inherently racist because you're erasing um, African-American vernacular English or uh, black nice. linguistics. Uh, people used to call it ebonics. Uh-huh. Right? So now to teach that and expect black students to grasp it and get a good grade, that is a white supremacist way of thinking. That's what that is. Yeah, well, I, I have a, a quote from some a group called the CCCC slash NCTE that you link to in your column, the Conference on yeah. College Composition and Communication, and they are in favor of Ebonics. And it says mm-hmm. here, Ebonics reflects the black experience and conveys black traditions and socially real truths. 
Black languages are crucial to black identity. Black language sayings such as what goes around comes around are crucial to black ways of being in the world. Black languages like black lives matter. That sounds like a lot of gobbledygook to me. What does it sound like to a black guy? Who's a, who's a, re- well, uh, a professor it of depends on the black the guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it does depend on the black guy. And yeah. here's the thing. They did not poll black America right. to determine whether that was an accurate statement. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, my dialect is not a crucial part of my identity. Right. Um, it's not. Just like my skin. My skin color is the least interesting thing about me. <laughs> right? But uh, yeah. according, I according can say the same to, thing, you know, but... yeah, right. right. You know, and according to the people who created that manifesto, you know, uh, what they said fits the narrative they're trying to convey, right? The narrative of the downtrodden black person who's going to fight against evil, uh, you know, specter of white supremacy and things like that. If that's your narrative, you got to say something like what they wrote, you know, but that's yeah. not, that, that does not reflect my attitude nor the attitude of many, many black people. But it's one thing for this, whatever this organization is, which uh, I don't know where these people are coming from, but uh, it's one thing for them to have this statement um, and a, a demand for black linguistic justice. But you're talking about it uh, f- uh, within the um, the confines of academia. Uh, yeah. and, and, you, and that's what you're having to deal with, that people who are, are trying to sell this kind of stuff are doing it... Uh, and a, a, a lot in, on the college campuses around the country, and, and to black kids. Uh, yes, they're trying to anyway. Yeah. Um, there's a loud minority uh, in my field, in academia in general, mm-hmm. uh, that is spouting these things. And, um, I mean, there are all kinds of stories I could tell you about how they want to change, you know, a writing course into what is essentially a sociology of race course, you know, to the point where it doesn't look like a writing course anymore, right? Uh, there is a uh, large push for that from higher-ups of all colors. Um, so, yeah, academia is a strange place when it comes to things like this. And I, I do want to say, though, um, black English is a legitimate dialect with its own grammatical uh, rules and things like that. I'm not against it per se, I just think it's probably a good idea to learn standard English before going into uh, civic and professional situations. That might be a good idea, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, since uh, it's expected from a lot of people. I, I can remember way back uh, in the, uh, the mid-20th century when I was in, well, not the mid, but in the 20th century when I was in college, and I took a sociology course, <laughs> and I, I got very little from it. But what one thing yeah. I've always remembered is that, uh, the, and I thought it was a great point. It's kind of an obvious point, but I remember the the professor pointing out that um, every um, group in America that's come here, Italians, Irish, they all tried to assimilate, and they were able to do it pretty well. But the difference between uh, those groups and blacks are that blacks uh, have black skin. And so you can assimilate in every way that you want to, but you're still you're recognizable and identifiable by sight. And so that's a yeah. I guess that's a that was an obstacle to overcome. But Italians, you know, they used to make fun of the way Italians talk. You know, the, the Italian immigrants talked. They they taught their kids. Listen, you guys got to learn how to speak good English. Because that's how mm-hmm. you're going to be successful, and and so how why hasn't that why is that not being taught um, to black kids? And and, and it, I mean I'm sure it is by some people, but it doesn't seem to be. Uh, you're just saying it's the exact opposite that's going on out there. Well, I mean, for so long it didn't matter how well black people spoke; uh, uh, they were still black, and yep. it was a you know uh, egregiously racist society. Right. Right. Um, there were, I mean, black people who speak standard English have been around since slave times. Yeah. It didn't really matter. So, I mean, with that attitude, that attitude still lingers. That, that, that memory still lingers. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I understand that. But what I also understand is that we are living in 2021. And as a pragmatist, I look around and I say things aren't like that anymore. We can start, you know, uh, acquiring a growth mindset and looking to the future with some uh, hope and optimism. And if that's the case, you're not going to harp on the fact that 
60 years ago, it didn't matter if you spoke the Queen's English. Yeah. Right? All right. Um, because it's not 50 years ago anymore. Right. Well, would Barack Obama have been president if he had been spent a lot of time speaking Ebonics when he was out, you know, being interviewed and giving speeches? Um, probably not. But yeah. the thing about Obama is that he snuck it in there every once in a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, and, and and that gave a level of authenticity mm-hmm. to him, right? Right, you know. Um, so that was a, a a keen rhetorical tactic on his part, if it was a tactic. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, you know, when when people of color heard that, they're like, okay, he's not, you know, he, he's not this multiracially white person. Um, you know, he he is one of us. So to to some people in the black community, not all by any means. You know, um, the dialect is a sign of authenticity. I think that's incorrect. I I feel, you know, um, I feel black. I don't feel white or Italian or Asian or, or anything like that. And, you know, my dialect, the dialect I choose to use, has nothing to do with that. Now, uh, as a, again, as a white guy who's... I, I covered sports for 40 years, Um so I, you know, I was around the NFL. I was on Steelers and Pirates, and you know, college football, basketball, lots of black athletes. And I wrote a book uh, called "Just Watch the Game," available on Amazon. Uh, but I, <laughs> I wrote a book, and I told I told the story yesterday because I talked a little bit about black linguistic justice yesterday. Um, and it was a story that I was covering a pit playing Georgetown in a basketball game. Back when uh, mm-hmm. Patrick Ewing was playing for him, and they had the great teams. And Pitt had a kid named Clyde Vaughn, who was a, a black kid, uh, one of their best players ever, really, their best player at the time, uh, was known to be a really good kid, uh, a good student, a nice kid. Uh, everybody liked him. And he was interviewed after the game when they played Georgetown. And I happened to be working on the broadcast, and I was sitting there listening to it on my headsets. And the announcer said, you know, Clyde, you... Um, you guys uh, got beat, but you really played uh, well tonight. You guys have to be feeling good about you know the game that you that you played. And he said, "Yes, we is, Mister Hillgrove." And it struck me that if a white guy says that, people either are their jaws drop or they fall out of their chairs laughing. But a, a black right. kid says it, and it's okay. And so what it led me to in the chapter that I wrote in my book was that these sports information directors, and I wrote this book like twelve years ago, so. Uh, 10 years ago, anyway. So uh, these black, uh, not the black uh, professors, but the uh, the sports information directors would never correct the kids. You know, you'd, you'd see the black kids in a press conference and they'd be saying, we was and, 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 you know, we don't, he don't, and we don't have no. The white kids never did it. If a white kid did, everybody would look at him funny. But the black kids said it, and everybody thought it was okay. And I always thought that the it was a it was uh, the, the responsibility of the sports information director or somebody in the athletic department to correct the kids and tell them that it, you know you're you're not coming across very well when you speak that way. But if you do, you're a racist. If you if you if you try to correct them. Well, I mean, a lot of this is contextual as well. Uh, I kind of get that. I think. Speaking and writing are two different creatures yep. in that speaking is extemporaneous, it's off the cuff, things like that. And, um, you know, it, it, it's a sign of where you're from regionally, right? Um, right. Where you're from regarding uh, city geographics, right? Right. Um, so in, in that sense, you know, if, if the kids point that across, then who cares? The problem uh, that you cite, though, is if a white kid made the same statement, he'd probably get corrected. Oh, no, he, no that's what I'm saying. That was my point. And here's the thing. Yeah. We had a video of, a, we had a sports producer who, yins is, a, is a, a word that's used around here for you, plural, and it's kind of a Pittsburgh thing, and people laugh when somebody uses it. Um, and uh, our sports producer started a question to the basketball coach with the word yins. He said, yins played man-to-man defense, or whatever it was. And the coach mm-hmm. looked at him, laughed, and said, "Did you actually just say yins?" And because he was a white guy, you know what I mean? He was immediately nobody. Yeah. He, he, nobody called him. Uh, thought that the coach was wrong. They thought it was funny that he corrected him. So, right. he, so the white kid, you know, he does get uh, corrected. Um, so, I, yeah. Okay. So, is that correction is 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 not correcting the black 
players, is that a sign of respect or is it infantilization? It's soft bigotry of low expectations is what I it's, think it is. Okay, and, and a lot of the time it is. A lot of the time it is. And then you get people who, you know, uh, have taken classes and things like that and realize that, you know, uh, you should let people speak in, you know, their home dialect, quote unquote. And if they are trying to respect the kids. So that's a tricky situation right there. But I have seen the soft bigotry of low expectations. Um, I have seen that motivation going on, and it drives me insane. But uh, to be fair, some people are just trying to do the right thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. What is Free Black Thought? Free Black Thought is a website uh, created by yours truly and a few other academics and professionals who, uh, like me, looked at the world and realized that black people are looked at as a monolith, as a you know group of clones who all think and feel and, 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 and uh, love and have the same interests and things like that. Everything's the same. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not true. And what's more, that same is not something that's, I think, positive all the time, right? All right. Um, so um, we got together and said, we should probably, like, you know, let people know that there is a viewpoint diversity within the black community. So we created this website. It has a list. We call it a compendium because we're fancy. <laughs> and, you know, uh, it's a list of all these black writers and artists who are saying things that go against the narrative of what it means to be black, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we just started a journal of free black thought that you can subscribe to when you go to the website, www.freeblackthought.com. And uh, that's burgeoning. That just started. There's literally only two essays up there right now, two articles. But that is going to be a forum for other people out there who are either sick and tired of, uh, you know, black people being seen the same, mm-hmm. or they're just realizing that black people aren't the same. So that means that you don't have to be black to write for the article, for the journal, rather. Um, you can be any color as long as you're talking about um, your take on viewpoint diversity among black people. Well, um, I'm out of time, Eric. I really appreciate you coming on. Freeblackthought.com, that's what it is? Yes. I will check that out, and uh, I hope to have you on again. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, that's Eric Smith, and you can find his column, by the way, at cityjournal.org, and check out freeblackthought.com. I'll be right back. Hi, this is Brad Marshall, and if you're a small business owner or you make the advertising decisions, then listen up. Once again, our annual Food for the Poor campaign is underway to raise money to feed families in Latin America who are suffering because of COVID-19. Food for the Poor is working with partners on the ground at feeding centers to provide emergency food relief. And here's how your business can help. Become a Food for the Poor business benefactor. Just make a $1,200 tax-deductible donation to Food for the Poor, and WPGP The Answer will give you 40, 60-second commercials to air on The Answer between 5 a.m. and 8 p.m. Monday through Friday at no additional cost. If you've got a business, this is the perfect way to help out. Through the generosity of your business, you'll be helping to feed more than 30 children for six months. To take advantage, simply call me at 412-503-4770 or go to the website, theanswerpgh.com slash poor. This is John Stagerwald. You know, I used to think that all towels are pretty much the same, but I found out with my pillow towels, that's not the case. Towels just don't seem to dry anymore. They feel soft and lotiony in the storage, but you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at my pillow found out that around 2006 towels changed forever they started importing them and adding softeners and other things to the cotton that made them feel good but they didn't work he found the best towel company right here in the usa and they have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work they're all made with usa cotton they come with the my pillow 60 day money back guarantee you can get a six-piece set two bath two hand towels and two washcloths made with usa cotton soft and absorbent regularly 109.99 now 39 Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels. Enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087 for these great radio specials. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors.
investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Traders, listen up. As life in America starts to return to normal, are you looking for the best trading opportunities? With the current real estate market, the rise of crypto, and the volatility of tech stocks, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text the word money to 813-813 to learn how our technology analyzes over 1 million data points per day. Text the word money to 813-813 so you can learn how to predict market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Whether you're trading stocks, options, forex, futures, or crypto, Vantage Point's patented artificial intelligence can give you a massive edge. Text money to 813-813 to find out how to maximize your gains. Text the word money to 813-813 to learn how to use the volatility to your advantage. Don't wait. Text the word money to 813-813 now. By texting in, you consent to receive calls, voice, and text messages using automated technology regarding offers by or on behalf of Vantage Point. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, I uh, a couple of my favorite subjects here today in this last show of the week. Um, well, I mean, it's got the right right way to put it with abortion. It's I, I I really hate abortion for a lot of reasons. Most of them, I think, should be pretty obvious to everybody. But also uh, the story, um, the the part of the, of that story that really bothers me is that it's not getting a, a great deal of attention here in Pittsburgh. Again, I, I I am not I'm not physically able to watch local news. I think it stinks so much that I I can't look at it. I can't last more than like a minute and a half. So I'm maybe doing this show. I it's irresponsible of me for not doing it. But I sorry, I just can't I, I can't look at it. And I, I I follow the stations on Twitter, and so I I, I see what's you know I, I don't feel like I'm missing anything. Put it that way by not watching it. But it's really disturbing to me. That this story about uh, Gosnell-like activity at Pitt, and I like Pitt, by the way, a lot. I root for Pitt to do well in sports as much as a sports guy is allowed to root for teams, because I, I, I just I like it better when they do well, and I and I I think it's a great university. But um, the fact that the local media are not all over this is is pretty disappointing, and I think this is a case where we don't have a newspaper anymore. And as liberal as the Post Gazette was and is. I think this would be a front-page story on a newspaper, and everybody would know about it. But unfortunately, it doesn't look like anybody knows about it unless they see it online. Talk to you Monday. The John Staggerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.